You know your mama's gonna cry. I got a question, just ask Kenny. He's your guy. Killing Eve season three is over, but we are just getting started talking about it here on Post Show Recaps. It's the recap of the season three finale of Killing Eve. Are you leading or am I? And that is the name of the episode. And that's my question for you, Jessica Lee. Uh, well, you know, I learned how to ballroom dance at a women's college. So that true. Yeah, that's true. And. So I am a terrible ballroom dancer because I am so much taller than everybody else. They taught me how to lead. I don't know how to follow. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, I would I would definitely take your lead in that arena. One time, this is how bad of a dancer I am. I auditioned to be, uh, after being like the male lead in two high school musicals in a row, I went to college and auditioned for first year players at Syracuse University for how to succeed in business without really trying. And uh, in the first wave of auditions, there was a dance audition. I did so poorly that I fell down and split my khakis in half uh, as I fell down. Uh, my pants split right in half. So I don't think I should lead or follow in the ballroom. Maybe to be you should honest. just get out of the way. Yeah, I think I should just <laughs> take a seat. And just watch. I heard those are the three options. So. Spectator support. Uh, all right, Jess. Uh, it's you and me back to back. Walking across the London Bridge, uh, and are we gonna are we gonna turn back? Are we gonna turn back and and catch catch a one last look at Killing Eve, or are we just gonna keep walking away? Because if we keep walking away, a very short podcast this week. Yeah, we're gonna look back in anger, and yeah. we're gonna see Killing Eve looking back at us, and we're shooting it to look like that's the whole season. That's it. It feels really short, huh? Yeah, it really does. Um, and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel very season finale. -y. Like I would I would venture to say the Walking Dead season finale was more season finale -y than this. And that wasn't even a real season. That finale. wasn't a season finale. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is it was a it was it was a weird one. Um, I mean, the whole season, I think, was was a little bit of a strange exercise because Eve and Villanelle themselves are estranged from each other for the vast majority of the season. Um, and before, in you know, season one, when they weren't together, at least it was that game of cat and mouse. And in season two, it's this exercise in working with each other. And season three seemed to be about, like, who are they after the breakup? And the season three finale seems to suggest that they are not going to be able to commit to the breakup, right? Like, they're not going to be able to get out of each other's orbits so easily uh, that it does seem, indeed that jumping off the bridge would be easier than, uh, you know, walking away from one another seems to be the final thing that you see. And the first season ended with Eve stabbing Villanelle and season two ends with Villanelle shooting Eve. And I think the implication, at least a read on it, whether or not it's the read, it's, it's, it's a read, uh, a Jojen read on the situation <laughs> is that by not, walking away from each other and by you know forcing us as the viewer 
to see that they aren't able to walk away from each other, not leaving that ambiguous by having them turn around that. Yeah, they're not shooting or stabbing each other, but what they may be inflicting upon each other is potentially worse than what they've done to each other, Uh, that they are not going cold turkey, that they are not choosing to move on in their lives. And it could be a beautiful thing, right? You know, it might be nice. Even Villano may be able to these crazy kids. Maybe they're going to figure it out after all, Jess. But maybe they're not. And that... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. So, like, in that respect, uh, I thought that the ending was, like, quietly very dangerous. But I have to emphasize quietly. This is a very quiet finale in that regard. It went out with a whimper and not a bang. Yeah. And that, I think, maybe... I think this whole season was kind of whimpery. Yeah. I feel like not very much happened. I think we all just kind of moped around wondering what it all means. And then at the end, did not really resolve it. Yeah. That was, you know, there was a couple of really major character deaths, some of which hurt quite a lot. But nobody felt terribly altered and changed by anything that happened this season. And that was really disappointing after such a strong first two seasons. Yeah, I think this this feels like um, a lot of times, or I don't know about a lot of times, but I know on two of my favorite FX shows, Justified um, and The Americans, both of those shows are like Hall of Fame shows as far as I'm concerned. And both of them have penultimate seasons that feel like they are uh, very much in, of the of the chess pieces variety very much of the character deepening variety to set the stage for a final season. So like get the pieces in play so that like some like dirty emotional work has to be done. That might not be like fairly pleasant to watch may even be a little boring to watch at sometimes uh, at some points, like a little wheel spinny, um, but are like pivotal to what like the ultimate mission statement is going to be. And season three feels like that, but I can't imagine that season four is the end of the line. Um, like it feels like this is a show that they are going to be uh, squeezing for some time. So in in that regard, what season three of Killing Eve feels like to me is kind of like a season of a very long show, a show that has many seasons that you maybe ultimately forget about a little bit in the ether. Like what was the identity of season three, I think, is going to be... Uh, a little bit of a a little bit of a question and like there's individual components that i loved about this season and individual like exchanges and even in this finale like carolyn you know popping paul or villanelle talking about what she does to the dicks you know? <laughs> to the good ones true she pickles them the bad ones you don't want to know. <laughs> you know like there's there's fun stuff and there's like just like fun uh one-liners here but what was the identity of series three of Killing Eve? I don't know. Yeah, it was it was hard because especially when seasons one and two had such strong identities. You know, season one was the cat and mouse game. Season two is we're together and having to work together despite having so much baggage. And then we wondered at the beginning of the season, how do we get something new? How do we go in a new direction? And I think we had such high hopes and maybe... Maybe that was 
maybe that was our problem. Like there were so many individually great things that happened this season, but we came in with such high hopes that they would take us in a new direction that we hadn't fully realized yet. And then even at moments where I was saying, this doesn't make sense. Why would these characters do this and be here? And I felt like you were still trying to keep me on the path and you were saying, yeah, but this is such a great show. They got to resolve it. They got to do something interesting with it. Stick around and have a little faith. And you know what, Josh Wiggler, I was right to be cynical. I think you were, I think you were. Um, Yeah. I don't think that there, I think like maybe it's, I don't know. I, I think the, the, one of the things that's worth really digging into is if if there was like kind of a theme or like a through line for much of the season, it's like the murder mystery of who killed Kenny, which bastard did it. Um, And we get an answer in this episode, but it's an open one. Um, And I thought it was a really uh, pretty powerful scene for Constantine to be like, uh, you know, like with his back against the wall and his forehead pressed to the barrel of a gun and like begging Villanelle to, to step in and save him. And then Carolyn kills Paul instead. And like, I, I'm not totally there on the logic with, with something like that. What I do like about it is I, I like that we're leaving the season with this question of like, is Constantine's story accurate? Like, did he actually try to go and save Kenny or did he go and kill Kenny? And we don't have uh, a firm answer on that. I think that that is like the, do you believe Nora Durst thing right now? And like, we'll, we'll get an answer to it eventually. Um, but I like even if I like that as a as a concept, and even if I love all of the performances in that room, it felt like a fairly like deflated revelation of the who done it. Like this is not Bodsworth running around the mansion giving you like the the clever you know uh, two rationale. plus one plus two plus mm-hmm. two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although Paul uh, had uh, like some like a collision of Bodsworth meets uh, Mister Green. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah. He's always had that Mr. Green kind of vibe to him. Yeah. Yeah. Got the look. Yeah. But that was that was kind of a moment. And I I know we're kind of jumping around here, but this is a moment that I felt was so tropey here. We've seen this in so many action movies, and it really it, it just felt so not thought through. This moment where Carolyn is standing there with her gun pointed at Constantine. And she wants to hear the full story. She wants the truth of what happened. And he wants his life spared and he's begging for his life. And in that moment, then she just wheels around and shoots the other dude. Yeah. It's so tropey. Why did they do that? It just, it felt like something out of a different show. Well, I think it was probably because um, the cosmos had to settle who would win the death draft between you and I. Uh, Well, that's true. And and then we kind of ended up in a tie. Did we? Did we end up in a tie? No, I guess not. I guess you won. I'm pretty sure I won. I don't want to yeah. like come off as a bragger. Uh, no, because you, yeah, because you picked Paul. Hmm. I started with Dasha. I took you started Dasha with because yeah, you, because you, you were, knew I was going to, and you were right. So yep. thank you for that. I appreciate the assist. Uh, I just handed it right to you. you. Did and you, then I picked you got Helene and Rianne, and you got Rianne right. Yep. Uh, okay. And then I got Paul, and he got popped. Uh, so, yep. I mean, I guess like kudos to us for getting three out of four, you know, that's, those are pretty good, uh, pretty good stats. Um, but one of the things I really, uh, disliked about the Carolyn scene 
was when she has the gun out and I forget which character remarks like, do you even know how to use that thing? And she just like perfectly like shoots uh, like the head of a statue. She's freaking Carolyn Martins. Of course she knows how to use that thing. I think that's something that you actually have to pass a test to work for MI6. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you need to be able to use a gun. She's Carolyn. All yeah. of the st- like all of the stories we have about Carolyn are like, sure, it's like it's spy games and it's wits uh and it's intelligence and it's relationship building and bridge burning that she seems to like mostly specialize in but i have to believe that carolyn has taken lives and we've seen her very ruthlessly take a life in this episode and be the type of person who can uh who can who can shoot with that level of precision you know she's just like fully blasts Paul and like with like kind of like a careless redirecting of her aim with ease. And I think it was Constantine who's like, uh, do you even know how to use that thing? And like, how is anyone doubting that? So like in, in that regard and like for, for Carolyn to kill Paul, like, do we feel like the season earned uh, Carolyn needing to like blow off steam, right? Like, you know, like being really buttoned up about the Kenny thing and is this like the release valve on that? And she does something that's like ultimately maybe like hot headed by killing Paul. Sure. Um, does that really work with the Carolyn that we know? I don't know. I think that's I think that's up for debate. Yeah. And it's it's such a condescending thing to say it, especially like if Constantine says that it's like he has no order for 20 years. Of course, exactly. he knows she knows how to use that thing. Yeah. And if Paul says it, it's like, you know, he's her boss. Presumably she's a good employee. And he should know that he you know he's got her whole file. It's it's really ridiculous. Um, and I want to circle back to this scene because there's I think maybe the most interesting question we would have for the next season is in this scene. But we probably want to go back up to the top and start talking our way through all of the various deaths before we get to this. Uh, I mean, I don't mind hopping around if you've got uh, if you've got momentum behind what you think might be the big scene for season four. Let's hear it. Um, did you catch Paul saying all of these things that really kind of betrayed that he either does not work for the 12 or the organization everybody else is working for is not the 12. No, there's a point like they're asking they're like, oh, yeah, you work for the 12, don't you? And he says, he says, yeah, I guess I do. And they they come back and Constantine says, well, I think it's Villanelle who says, so you know Helen, and he's like, "Oh yeah, in accounting," and he very clearly like any of the other names they throw out, and he says he thinks Dasha's dead, and any of the other names he throws out, it seems like he kind of betrays himself all that much about what's actually going on at the twelve. Yeah, so he seems like he's pretty low level. Yeah, he's either very low level, or you know, we never really necessarily got any confirmation that the people assigning these cases to Villanelle and offering her a promotion and having this weird corporate structure. How do we know those are even the 12? Could she be working for some other shadow organization that's, you know, like competing with the 12 or that is taking credit for things the 12 is doing because trying to take credit for other people's stuff in a very ham-handed way is also a through line this season. Yeah, very much. Uh, like art, uh, uh, the sincerest form of flattery is imitation, blah, blah, blah. Um, like that has been, uh, you know, that was, you know, Villanelle paying tribute to Dasha. That's all over the place. Um, that's interesting. 
Um, do you think that in that interpretation, have we met anybody who actually works for the 12th? I mean, it's it's a good question. I think perhaps, you know, I think perhaps Constantine actually does and Villanelle actually did. But the way that they were so inconsistent about what constituted a good job for Villanelle and what constituted a bad job, that also says to me that maybe when she starts working for Dasha, like perhaps Dasha is not actually associated with the 12 anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that could make some sense to me. Well, she's certainly not associated with the 12 anymore. Uh, nope. Not associated with much of anything. Who do we give the point to for killing Dasha? Is it Villanelle for whacking Dasha on the head? Is it Eve for crushing her sternum? Or is it Constantine for whatever he did to her? Did he do anything to her? Did he, he un- if not, then that is like uh, the craziest timing in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, he must have done something, but they uh, didn't really they didn't really tell us what. It seems like that was kind of weird. Some kind of like IV drip nonsense, right? You know, yeah, messing with. Or you know, anytime they have somebody's machines beeping, you always think they're going to pull it out. But of course, in real life, if somebody's like awake and talking and hooked up to a bunch of machines, you kind of those machines are monitors they're not actually sustaining life so it's it's hard to say he must have stuck something in her iv drip yeah that makes more sense than anything else so i guess like he gets like the the final blow but it's death by a thousand cuts or at least three uh for for dasha yeah dasha Um, didn't even seem to know who to take who to give the credit to yeah uh i don't know i thought a, a fairly soft exit for dasha um I don't know that Constantine is the guy who gets who should be able to like claim that trophy. Like that doesn't necessarily feel like there was enough of a dynamic there this year for that to be exciting for for Dasha. Yeah, I, I didn't love that. I feel like Constantine was really kind of all over the map. This these last I would say the last two or three episodes, he really kind of he has nothing to do. He's just trying to get out and. he's not the person that we're most invested in getting them out. And so he just kind of flails around like, Oh, well maybe he could be the guy that kills Dasha, but then you've kind of taken the stakes out of that. Yeah. Also Dasha's died like four times at this point. Yes. Uh, Dasha, (laughs) but I think this is the real one unless they're going to do some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of hijinks behind the scenes. But that feels like uh, if you're going to like pull the, they're dead. Oh, guess what? They're not actually dead thing. Don't do that for Dasha. I think uh, you saved that for some of these other characters. Yeah, and we've uh, done it enough times for enough people. I think so, too. Um, but she's gone. R.I.P. She's a fun character this season. I think um, they could have uh, they could have done a little more. Uh, yeah, it feels like the, the runtime. Like, this is this feels like this should have had another two episodes this season. Yeah, it it really does. They didn't tie up like all of the things that they were trying to build to. They didn't actually tie up in any satisfying way. I think, as you note, that the mystery of who killed Kenny is right up there. And we still don't know that. Yeah, we we have some footage, but we didn't get any closer to actually closing the book on it. Yeah. And I think a season finale is really supposed to close the book. And we did also didn't get like we got almost no stakes between Eve and Villanelle all season. We've got them circling each other and circling each other. And then we get one scene of them together. That's really going to make the shippers happy. Mm-hmm. And then I like big question mark on the end. 
We didn't yeah. really get any. We didn't raise any stakes there either. Do you do you view the ending as a question mark? Like, do you view it as um, who knows if they'll be together when season four comes up? Because I feel like if if that's where they leave it, and then we open up in season four, and they're like far apart from one another again, we're really just circling the drain. Like, if it felt to me like they were delivering an answer to a degree of like when we come back to the show. Eve and and Oxana are going to be in each other's lives. It's just a question of like in what capacity and in what location. I am willing to put down a very cynical prediction here, Josh. Do it. I think season four opens with a time jump. We've gone forward several months, maybe even a year or more. And at that point, Eve and Oxana will be not in each other's orbit and they'll keep referring to like the things that happened that tore us apart and you know i don't want to see her again after everything and they'll spend like five episodes unraveling what the thing was that tore them apart again i hope not they're gonna walking dead that junk oh no (laughs) sounds like a nightmare that sounds like a nightmare i hope not i hope not I want to have more faith than that, but this was. But you, you know, how many know. times this season you've said I, I want to have more faith than that? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I have, I have said that a lot, and like, I think the enjoyment of a lot of individual moments and individual components, uh, performances across the board, um, having this like kind of stand as uh, a travel show in absence (laughs) of some new travel shows right now. In fact, BBC America launched uh, a virtual travel and culture hub for Killing Eve. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, yeah. I heard about it. I didn't really really go deep. Yeah, Travel Villain with with, uh, a partnership with Culture Trip. Uh, It's TravelVillain.com. I have not gone and explored it. Um, But I, I like that they are like knowingly leaning into that stuff. Um, as far as like season four, uh, hot goss goes, uh, I, I do have an interview up with, um, both Sally Woodward Gentle and Suzanne Heathcote, who is the head writer this year, and Sally, who, uh, Sally Woodward Gentle, who, uh, has been an executive producer across the full show. Um, and, uh, in that interview, uh, I, I asked, I, cause we, we had brought it up last week of like, are you gonna have to like, is this going to have to be set in the world that we live in? Like, are you going to have to, uh, you know, deal with COVID-19 fallout from any of that? And it was a hard no. And like all of the stuff um, that they love about killing Eve, um, the interpersonal interactions, like the, the physical intimacy, both in terms of like uh, just being in that same space and also the death and the violence. This is not like a Zoom show. Um, so they are just not taking any of that into account in the current writing process. So, um, but it also sounded like, I don't know, it's, it's, it sounded to me like there is an interest in exploring Eve and Villanelle where they are, where we leave them on the bridge, you know, stopping short of like confirming anything like that. Um, but I'd be so disappointed if that's the ending here and we just don't see Eve and Villanelle back together again. Um, through season four, you know, to spend a full season with the two of them apart from one another, and then uh, to do that again for season four would be really, really tough. Jess, it would be, it would be mean. <laughs> it would be. It'd be like an act of cruelty. Yeah, it would be. It would be like 
you know, it would be like finding us sprawled out in the woods trying to recover from this season and then stepping on our chest until we hear a crunch. Yeah, uh, it would be bad. Uh, it would certainly be the first of like the tri deaths that took out Dasha, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, unless he thinks season three is like um, how how lukewarm does this season leave you in terms of your interest in the show moving forward? I mean, I am a sucker for needing to know what's next. It's very rare that I just kind of abandon a show whole whole meal because I didn't like the way something wrapped up. Like you really have to work at it. I watched all of the seasons of game of Thrones as they aired, you yeah. know, never gave up on that. You know, I never gave up on season six, a loss, Josh, but it's, Trying you to know, trigger me. I am trying I'm, to trigger I'm, you. I'm, I'm staying cool. My, All right. my, my hand is steady. Uh, <laughs> I'm not getting worked up right now, I swear. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, there's just... I mean, I'm going to be back for it. I, I will watch it to the bitter end now. I need to know how it resolves. But some of the questions that I might have been curious about before, I might be sort of losing interest in. Yeah, like I kind of don't care at this moment. I don't feel like the second the central question for me is no longer do even Villanelle have any kind of chance of getting together and like how far will they take it? And, you know, are they really in love with each other and how do they navigate that? Like, I don't really care about that part of it anymore, like the villain Eve of it all. But I do kind of want to see the trajectory that they take, like with the 12, like, are they going to dismantle it? They, they must be on that path at some point. Uh, and, you know, where does, where do the secondary characters wind up? You know, is, is Eve ever going to get together with Jamie is something that I'm curious about because they never really, they kind of set some groundwork and then didn't go back there either. Uh, did you like the bitter pill scene in this episode where Villanelle goes to bitter pill? Yeah, I quite liked that uh, because it really it's sort of outfit was was top notch, uh, like the like the gold, like parachute quality. It was it was freaking cool. Yeah. Like back when you know, back when they were still when Eve was still at MI6 and they had that like really uncomfortable, tiny office space in the middle of nowhere I enjoyed the sort of workplace comedy of it all. And I feel like we got a little bit of that back with bitter pill. And so the idea that, you know, Villanelle can just waltz up to this workplace and they're like, yeah, you know, my friend Eve works here. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And I, I appreciate those sorts of moments. What did you think was happening when the bitter pill gang met up with Carolyn and like, she clearly knew something was up. Like, did, did you piece together what was, what the shoe was that they were going to drop on her? Was it as bad as you thought uh, like their tenor led it to be? I mean, I kind of assumed that was what it was. Like, what other business would they have with Carolyn? Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I figured it was certainly related to like some sort of major breakthrough with Kenny. But like, maybe I thought that it was going to be, I don't know, a little more pointed than like the uh, like sort of enigmatic Constantine walking into the door with Kenny. Yeah, it, it did sort of seem like they felt like they'd solved it at that point. And then Constantine's like, yeah, but did you really? I also kind of feel like oh, I, I hate like bagging on it because there, there there are elements like I love the I love the Russian nesting doll is is a cool component uh, that like it has like the barcode for the next step. Um, so like we've got a MacGuffin going into season four. 
Uh, in, is it going to be the race to Cuba? Is it going to like pick up so quickly? Is a possibility because there is like some messiness to season four right now that maybe they want to like deal with. Like, how is Paul going to get cleaned up after? Who is Helene going to send after Villanelle now that Rianne is dead and now that Villanelle, uh, you know, killed a fellow member of the Twelve? Um, but I do have to say, like, even if I like sort of like the ambiguousness of the Constantine thing and the way that that played. Like the longer that I spend thinking about it and talking it through with you, that's a that's a main character who is not only like a longtime character on the show, but is a character who had like a really big arc this year uh, and had like a really big arc of like he's trying to get away. He's trying to get out the game um, and a huge emotional piece of that was kept out of view for us the whole time. Um, and I get that like that is like murder mystery ethos, right? Like that is, you know, you're not going to tell us who the killer is. Uh, and it's going to be something that like plays and makes sense when you go back through the story. Um, but I don't know if like this has like sort of that same, I don't know. I, I don't know if it, I, I just don't know if it tracks. Like I feel like Constantine, like having had eyes on Kenny's death. If like we buy his story that he was trying to help Kenny and then Kenny fell off the roof. Which well, I, that's Josh. That's the thing about murder mysteries. Yeah, they do have to tell you who done it eventually, and yeah. they still haven't told us. Yeah, and I don't love that. Yeah, like all we have is Constantine's word for it, and that's really a, that's kind of an unfair trick. I I think with a character that we know that well, um, who had the story that he had this year, um, I think it would have it would have actually been beneficial to know to have like watched how Kenny died. And to have seen Constantine's involvement or lack thereof in it, uh, you know, like he, he didn't kill Kenny, but he like scared Kenny to death. Um, and to have that be underlining the investigation, underlining Constantine's um, like nervousness of trying to get the hell out of town and get away from this organization. I think that it would have worked better if it was cards up. I think that this is one of those occasions where the fact that they were cards down on it uh, made the, like the scene was good. The acting was great in the scene. Uh, A lot of history there between Constantine and Carolyn. Um, But I don't think that juice is worth the squeeze of the full arc of Constantine and being in the dark on his, his role in Kenny's death. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. We've spent so much time and so much emotional energy being invested in the idea that this was a murder and that someone did have a big motive for it and that, you know, Kenny did find something huge that needed to be disseminated. And then we're asked in the final episode to accept that it wasn't really a murder and then not be told whether or not it was and to have that still kind of hanging open. I think the only way you get away with that is and honestly i'd prefer this to be happening in this season which is now over of course but if next season we get a constantine pov episode where we watch all of this stuff happen and it is cards up and we do see like we see some of these missing pieces with geraldine for instance and then we see you know we see what happened when he went to see kenny and why that all happened and whether or not he really killed him and how that informed everything else he did and we see some of these other scenes from his point of view, I think that could help to wrap it up. But I don't think anybody's going to be that invested in it anymore by the time we get around to doing that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
questions. We're left with questions here in the Killing Eve finale, uh, including like, so what does Vill- what does Villanelle want? Is it is it that like she doesn't want to hurt people anymore? Um, and what what turns the needle on that for for her? Uh, based on everything we saw this season, um, I don't. I I appreciated like the deep dive into her past, and uh, you know, like getting to like drill down deeper into what makes her tick. But I don't know that if I ever felt like the show fully pulled off. Um, why she? Why she doesn't feel like this is her thing anymore? Um, and that was like a big piece of the finale that she, you know, she goes to Carolyn. I just want to be like an intelligence operative. And Carolyn's like, yeah, but who is Villanelle if she doesn't kill it? She's just Oxana? What worth is that? Um, what did you think about all of that? I did like the point that Carolyn makes where she points out what a terrible spy Villanelle would actually be. I thought that was a pretty good move on Carolyn's part. And also, I, I feel like Villanelle needs to figure out something else to do with herself. Like this, these are the only two things she knows. Like she has to be on one side or the other, but you know, there's lots of other stuff you could do. You could take up goat farming. You could, you know, train people in discus throwing. Cause you're so good at the dung. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think they've done a lot of investing in the idea that Villanelle's only ever good at one thing. And this is the only thing she can do. And I would have liked to have seen her try to figure out what other things she is good at, rather than just assuming she has to do the one other thing. Uh, I that hope- could have been fun. Like next season, yeah. can we see Villanelle go to college? Yes, please. That sounds incredible. Uh, here's the pitch. Villanelle living with Eve wherever, and Villanelle is going to school. And like, it it like then blurs that line of what's like the relationship between Villanelle and Eve. Is there like, is there like a parental quality there? Right. Like who's the caretaker? Um, I think, I think that that could be really, really, really fun. Um, I think that could be great. I think like Villanelle trying to live a normal life. I would like to actually see an episode or two of that, uh, especially with some time on their side. Um, but I want to see it with even some component. And it's not even necessarily that I think it's good or healthy for them to be together long term. Uh, but I think the show just did a full season without the two of them in each other's orbits for the vast majority of it. And this was the result. And it was a little hard. It was a little tough. Yeah. It was a bitter I, pill. It was a bitter pill, indeed. Um, so... I I could I could definitely buy like the two of them kind of really having nowhere else to turn to. Nobody else wants anything to do with either one of them. And maybe like Villanelle trying to go straight and kind of failing at it and Eve trying to make her take responsibility for like mundane real world things. There's some comedy in that. Totally. Um anything else killing Eve related that uh that comes to mind for you? Um, I I want to point out I actually I have that Russian nesting doll. <laughs> the exact one. The exact one. Oh, I so actually you've got know the barcode. You've got the barcode. Oh, it doesn't have a barcode on it yeah. that I know of. I haven't looked at it lately, but um, I have a college friend who's from Russia, and one night we were out drinking, and I was we went back to her dorm room, and I, I was looking at all the stuff on her windowsill, and I see this Russian nesting doll, and I'm like, this is great, this is hilarious, and I like taking it all apart and naming all the leaders, and she said, you need to have this, yeah. you like this very much, and I think you should keep it. And then the next day, one of our other friends was like, you know, 
when when Jenya gets drunk, she kind of gives her stuff away. You should go and make sure that it's okay for you to keep that. And so I was like, hey, you gave this to me. She's like, no, 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 you definitely need to have it. I remember this part. It was good. Uh-huh. And so I still have it. It's um, And, you know, I, it's kind of a good luck totem because, you know, everybody's spying on everybody. I, I feel like if Putin sees that I have a little statue of him yeah, in my good. apartment, he'll go easy on me. I think that's right. I think that's right. I think I'm in trouble, personally. Well, we're probably both on a list somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, I proposed to Emily Fox with uh, a not Russian nesting egg. Well, that's adorable. And an engagement ring at the heart of several nesting eggs because Emily's allergic to eggs. This is kind of less fun that way. That, you know, that's, that's <laughs> less fun, Josh. I, we I, also raised chickens growing up, so, you know. Yeah. Don't. There's that component. But what if she'd had a reaction? Well, it wasn't actual eggs, Jess. <laughs> if she'd had a reaction, then something else was occurring. And uh, I would not have a good explanation for that. Like, uh, here's a thing that causes you great pain. And inside of it is a symbol of my love for you. <laughs> I don't. You're lucky she said yes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Survive this gauntlet. Uh, make it through the other side. Finish the American Ninja Warrior. Uh, and we shall be together forever. That is what it takes to claim my heart. Um, that is not actually what it takes to play my heart. It is, it is as easy as advertising. It is pizza. It's pizza. <laughs> pizza. It's pizza. I'm well aware. And, uh, and chocolates from uh, foreign countries. Uh, Jess, I, de- I devoured the, the crunchy bars. Uh, I devoured the, the Jaffa cakes. They're all gone. Uh, and now I just have like, a, I wouldn't say like a metric butt ton of uh, toffee eclairs, but a significant amount that I am doing some damage on. Um, so that is the current state of the British snacks in my homes. Uh, how long do you think it's going to be until Killing Eve comes back? I think we've got a year to 18 months at the bare minimum. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's Killing Eve season three. Uh, check out everything else that's going on on post show recaps on the main feed. And we will be back in your ears with some sort of shenanigans very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Bye. The end. You'd think that people would have had enough of crunchy mouth sounds. And also, what's that got to do with Killing Eve? Josh Wiggler wants to fill this pod with crunchy mouth sounds. You have been warned. This might be hard. The eating starts right now.